0: Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artists, the blogcast. This is episode 271. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. Today's blogcast is uh, from a blog from August, which was actually written probably a few weeks before that. So, probably still technically August, which is now only a month behind us. We're not so far behind here. Um, And this one is inspired by a podcast I listened to. So it's like extra layers of podcast, maybe. Um, I was listening to Decoder Ring, which is a podcast I recommend. It is delightful. Um, You know, sometimes it's just about like a cultural moment. They have an episode about the mullet, which was amazing. I highly recommend it. If you want to be asking your friends questions about mullets for a while, tune in. Uh, But this episode was about an artist that the host knew, and it was a sort of inquiry into success and art, which you might understand why it pushed my buttons. Anyway, I both recommend and don't recommend that episode (laughs) in in a very contradictory experience. It is both amazing and infuriating and good and terrible and uh, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to read the blog to you. It is called A Body of Work. One thing I've always been mildly obsessed with has been creating a body of work. It's an odd thing for a theater person, given that the art form is so deeply enmeshed in the present and is mostly ephemeral, but I've been concerned with it for as long as I can remember. I think I only started to understand how unusual it was in recent years while looking at other theater companies' websites. They will often only feature their current show, with no information or photos or descriptions of shows past. This is usually what I'm interested in seeing, so I notice its absence, but I think I may be alone in this interest in a theater's or artist's history. On my company's website, I feature every show we've ever done. It feels like having a bookshelf of our works somehow. But the website's analytics tell me that people don't tend to click around in there. As important as that body of work is to me... It's not particularly important to the general public. But I'm starting to understand why I do this and why I'm not going to stop. I listened to an episode of the Decoder Ring podcast about visual artist Ilona Granite. I kind of hated this episode and kind of loved it all at the same time. It's about success and lack thereof. I was particularly struck by the part where Granite is talking about her moment of fame, when her work was recognized internationally and shown in places like the MoMA and the Whitney. She says, "'If this would have ended earlier, I would have been happy with my life. I would have been happy where I would have been proud of what I'd done. I would have enjoyed, I would have thought I did, uh, you know, a good enough job, you know, and I should count my lucky stars that I was fortunate.' And now I don't feel that way. That's me reading a transcription of what Ilona Granite said on Dakota Ring. And even though I've never even come close to achieving the kind of success Granite tasted, I completely understand what she's talking about. There have been several moments in my career that I was so proud of, so in my experience, so satisfied. I thought, I could die now. This accomplishment is the top. If it had ended there, I would have been satisfied. But I am supremely grateful it did not end at any of those points. I, like Granite, have a lot more to do. I think about Jonathan Larson, who famously died before Rent could become the worldwide hit it became. He must have felt like he'd really achieved something after watching that first Off-Broadway preview performance and could be at peace. But imagine if he'd lived. Would he have created a dozen more hit musicals? Or would he have felt like he was always starting from the ground up? Or, even more cynically, would Rent have been the hit that it was if Larson hadn't died and there hadn't been the sad story full of irony to go alongside it? We'd like to think of shows succeeding off their own merit, but I happen to know that that is not the world we live in. What does any of this have to do with this body of work business? Well, I think working towards having a body of work is how we keep going in this world where we're only as successful as our current project. I've been thinking a lot about how theater folk are always starting over, always starting from square one. It is not like a normal profession where you start somewhere and work your way up, and that experience leads to your next, and you stay in one job for a while unless you get a better one, and it all sort of just builds on itself. I'll give you an example. When I got my first acting job with a Shakespeare company, I thought I was set for life, even though it was only a six month contract. (laughs) But I was very much surprised when I did not get another contract. And though I did return to that company a year later, not one of the people I worked with there ever got me another job somewhere else. We were collegial, and some of them are very dear friends. But that first job was one first job followed by another first job, and then another, and then another. None of those jobs ever led to another, not one of them. In theater, or any gigging field probably, each time you start, you start anew. Your skills may grow, and occasionally your relationships will follow you, but it is almost always a new world each time you do a show. There are a few people who manage to join rep companies and thereby have more consistent careers, but most of us hop around like little migrant birds. Starting over again, over and over again, can really do a number on your self-esteem. And Granite's experience sounds like a painful example of a similar relentless restart. Her street signs were enormously successful. She went on to make Wedgwood-like pieces They sound amazing, but apparently no one was interested in them, and all the fame and success and credibility she'd gotten with her street signs just sort of dissipated. If a person were concerned only with the current project, it might be hard to go on. And this is where working toward a body of work really comes in to help. Because a body of work doesn't care about one project's failure or success. It's concerned with your work as a whole. It's the long view of an arts career. And for whatever reason, the long view has kept me going, even from the beginning. Maybe it's just that I've seen so many art shows that were retrospectives that give the viewer a long view of an artist's life. Maybe I'm always doing the curator's job of showing the whole picture on the regular. But Granite's career reminds me of my own concern with a body of work, and creating a body of work can become its own reward in a culture of few rewards. Having a body of work I'm proud of is actually even more meaningful than a moment that I might have been happy to end on in the past. When I was looking at like, oh, what what blogcasts are coming up? What do I need to record? I was like, oh, that's fine. This one is the one about the body of work. It's about art, blah blah blah, no problem. I will not have a hard time with this one. And I forgot that there was all this like mortality talk in this particular blog. So ay. Uh if you're if you're wondering why I find it sadly pertinent to be talking about mortality right now, you can check in with either last week's episode or uh, the the blog I just posted late last night. And that should give you some of the facts. Right, so due to the facts and just where I'm at, I am not quite uh ready and able to be singing so much right at the moment. Um, so because this is about body of work, I was like, oh, hey, I have a whole body of work in music as well that I have not necessarily put all of here yet. So in the interest of expanding that, um, I'm going to give you a song from the Bright Red Boots era the band era. And the track I'm going to give you is a kind of interesting uh, collection of old bodies of work and, and at the time new. Now they're all old now, but like, you know, they're sort of layers. So the song is called Walk Around and it's kind of directly related to a poem that I wrote in college in my poetry class. Um, And I feel like there are images kind of scattered throughout that are either related to that poem or to other poems at the time. Um, Poetry was a kind of bigger part of my life in college, and I mostly let it, you know, fall by the wayside. But I was, you know, pretty serious about it in those days. Um, Did a poetry reading with some really amazing poets who are still Incredible published poets today, so I feel like I had a little moment in the in the poetry spotlight, standing next to greatness, if nothing else. Um, anyway, so this this is a this this song kind of combines um, layers of of work over the years. So I'm going to give that to you in just a moment. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, I'm so glad. Please tell someone about it. Mention it. And social media, whatever you know. Tell your your baker. What am I, what world do you do you live in? Do you guys live in a village in Europe in the 1500s? Well, definitely tell them to listen to a podcast. Uh, anyway, if you would like to support the broadcast, you may uh, become a patron on Patreon. There's also Ko-fi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. Just, you know, your ears on this thing is, is also really great. So thank you. Right. So uh, without further ado, this is from Bright Red Boots' eponymous album uh, featuring me uh, singing and playing guitar. And then we also have George Hennick on tuba, Lexi Devon, uh, now known as Alexa, on uh, percussion and Vince Ritchie on guitar. Also. So um, here it is. Bright red boots. Walk around.
1: Mm-hmm. too wide as I closed up inside and the cure is an ophthalmology I walk around with my eyes wide open the ones that wandered at three they could stare at the wall but not follow a ball They kept me in my place, they cut my blue-eyed Susans and kept them in a vase. I'm a trust fall to a medical hall, where he broke my wrist with his knees. You see, he broke into the bones that held my arms to my chest, that hid my heart in its bone vest.